0: welcome welcome again to the fifth edition of this podcast you might know this might be your first venture into what i'm doing here or if it's not uh, you probably know how it goes 358 albums so far gathered on this list it keeps on going right it's a gift that keeps on giving and I impromptu says, I say whatever it's in my head in at, at this moment about that particular album. Um, and let's just get to it, shall we? Let's generate a number. 60 is the number generated. Again, doesn't matter much. And we have Brian Wilson with... Smile, so a record full of history, a record full of background, um, both from um, Brian himself and from his obviously uh, very f- famous band, the Beach Boys. What we have here is essentially a rendi- rendition album, a you can call a cover album. In a very particular and peculiar way, you have a celebration of the man's work as well. In both his uh, output as the lead singer-songwriter with the Beastie Boys and his solo career, I think there's some of it. I don't know to which extent uh, his solo career it's um, depicted in here. I'm gonna be honest; haven't been very familiar with this album as of lately I was though for a very long time and I I probably know every every single in and out of this record because it's a very flow it's a very flowy album it does one track goes into the other one, it's kind of like a symphony in a way, a bit of the background maybe what I can tell about it uh, brian wilson of course is one of the wilson's brothers Um that started the band probably late 50s obviously beginning of the 60s um, they were very known at the beginning as a surf rock um, outlet they did the whole um, what probably um, like Jack Berry was very famous for, and Dick Dale, uh, that sort of very high octane um, surf rock sort of thing. They trends, they they trends, they transition to a more soulful approach to those bones of rock and roll and to those bones of 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 pop rock that was being. Uh, propagated by by the by the radio waves at that time, so and as the 60s progressed, as many many bands, uh, the most obvious example is the Beatles, right? As the 60s progressed and the hippie movement became more more mainstream and more the way that the shape of culture was was getting into shape as um, the tunes became more samba the tunes became more soulful and more harmonies were incorporated more vocal harmonies were were worked on the on the records and a glaring example of that is Pat Sounds which to this day is probably one of the best uh it's regarded as by me and many you know uh, as one of the best pop rock albums not only from the from the sixties, not only from the from the rock and roll era, but in, in general as a pop um pop rock album it really flown into the highest of heights in terms of what pop could be. Uh it's a very famous story. Uh, if you're interested in any of those uh, any of those things at one point you'll probably know the rivalry between uh, the 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 very very uh, benign rivalry between Paul McCartney and Brian Wilson um, Rubber Soul was released in '65, uh, and it was probably the first one to have various elements of nowadays you can consider like ubiquitous stuff in in pop music, like the the East Eastern influenced. Uh, that's the first time that appears. Um, Rubber Soul is the first album to have like a like a Indian sort of like with the sitar and uh, and that uh, sort of instrumentation. George Harrison was the one that put that into one particular song. I don't remember which one exactly, but that's the like one of the lines of guitar in one of the the Rubber Soul George Harrison's track from rubber soul has that uh, particular instrument that was kind of unheard of up until then and brian wilson listened to to rubber soul um got inspired and then at, at that time he released what what's a very good album as well from the from the beastie boys uh, beastie boys the beach boys which is uh, beach boys today which has a, a bunch of it has a bunch of things from the surf rock era and a bunch of things from um, w- what would become the signature sound from from himself as a composer and from the the 60s in total right cuz you have a bunch of bands incorporating that sort of style like zombies that i talked about in this in this uh in this podcast series as well, and you know, it countless, countless like the birds and and all sorts of things kind of uh, drank from what the Beatles did in Rubber Soul, a Rubber Soul, and then afterwards, so Rubber Soul and the Beach Boys today kind of pair themselves as as um, milestones in both bands' discographies as being the w- the the one album that brought. Uh, forward the ideas that would become uh, a staple of the 60s um, Rubber Soul is much more consistent in that in that case uh, even though we had many many of the of the characteristics characteristics of the Beatles like the early Beatles or like Beatles for Sale or Hard Day Nights um, and it had that signature somewhat as well but it was a much more mature because Paul McCartney was maturing essentially as a composer as well Rubber Soul and afterwards Revolver both of them are essentially Paul McCartney's record with John Lennon of course being ju- who John Lennon is in the in the grouping there but those two are like quintessential Paul McCartney records in my opinion like the best uh, the best um, songwriting ever done within the Beatles was made by Paul McCartney in those two albums uh, in my opinion you also have George Harrison making the most of the space that was given to him uh, in those two records and then after that Every every single one of them developed like you know th- they hypertrophied themselves as composer and uh, composers and they became um, who they are with Sergeant Peppers and with Abbey Road with the White Album and all that. So within the context of the Beach Boys here, um, Revolver was pr- probably the album which, in comparison, is the truly first like p- complete masterpiece of the Beatles you heard that album, and with Eleanor Rigby um, especially, which is a very symphonic sort of, the first example that you have is of chamber pop maybe, Um, you have like uh, Tomorrow Never Knows which is probably the first example of drumming bass ever being recorded right, that's a John Lennon's track Uh, Taxman, which exudes like a punk energy to it, that's a George Harrison's uh, composer uh, composition, so he listened to their record and Revolva is like a groundbreaking record for for those reasons, like foreshadowing many many styles and the the amazing solid single songwriting capacity of all of them was at a peak. Right, so that's the peak. If you consider like the the Beatles, people usually divide them by three phases, right? The f- really early phase. Uh Speaking of albums, right? Uh, the the really early phase of them that kind of boils down to Hard Day Nights, or maybe Help is the last one. Yeah, probably Help is the last milestone on that. On that first leg, the second leg goes until uh the the, the from from rubber so, to sergeant peppa and then sergeant peppa onwards like abbey road and let it is the third leg more mature that's the bearded uh, like more post hippie sort of thing i tend to think of the beetles in two two phases right the first phase ends with rubber soul from the beginning to rubber soul and then rubber soul to the end because really what you have in Revolva, it's way, way more consistent and and on tune, in tune, with the last leg more than anything else because it's such a groundbreaking album. And then you have the pad sounds, like r- 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 truly ambitious pop rock, chamber pop sort of thing. That happened because of Revolver, so they were always uh, trying to outsmart one another. Eventually, the Beatles became what the Beatles became with the other ones, uh, and Brian's Brian, Winston's, Brian Winston's, um mental um, sanity just vanished. He, I think, he was diagnosed with bipolar or some sort of OCD, something like that, and he eventually. Uh, his light be- began to 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 dim out as the '70s progressed, and as the Beach Boys were taking um, different leaderships, you know, um, um, Mike Love eventually became like the 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 spearhead of of everything, and he took like everything in a much more poppy direction eventually as the years progressed people obviously remember pet sounds a lot and uh, there was a, an attempt of making smile in the 70s or in the 60s end of the 60s some uh, early versions or what you can call some sort of a leak or a special edition or reworked by the other members of the band eventually got released at that time, but Brian Wilson's input wasn't like much to be seen on that on that particular record. I, I, it's called Smiley Smile, actually. Like, what was the input? Like the post Revolver input from Brian Wilson, it, it, it got lost. There was a fire in a in a in, a, in the studio that contained the masters. So much of his work was lost because both his mental state and his, uh, like the physical, state of the tapes, of the masters, of the master recording were lost. So eventually, I think the Beach Boys got the material from the compositions when and what was available, and re-recorded somewhat. You know, we kind of patched things together and released like Heroes and Villi- Villains as a you know, something different. Uh the years progress. Gladly he got better somehow. He was able to stay on top of things, I think. And the cult following of the Beach Boys and Brian himself, and the history and the story and the background of those compositions, in particular on and, and on this case, uh smile. Uh, had a life of their own, right? They were larger-than-life uh, stories within pop music. And a band somewhat popular in the late 2000s called Wondermints uh, because they were big fans, uh, big fans of the work. And with that, that, the particular, like the maestro of the band, like the, the, the lead singer, eventually got in touch with Brian Wilson and then started re-recording and making more justice to his vision uh, of that time when Smile was being conceptualized and they made a behemoth of of a record I believe it clocks in more than an hour or very close to an hour it has like 15 16 tracks and it's a magnum opus of what was at that time a interrupted flow of creativity that Brian Wilson was experiencing and most definitely the ambition of the album and uh, the expectations of what he wanted to do kind of drove him insane right so you have those reworkings and the reason why I say that it was sort of like a cover album, but it's a cover album. Uh, obviously, it's not a cover album because the artist is the one, the original artist. But it's a separated in time, long enough that a new vision could be brought into the, to the project. And he had like a big help from a big big band as well. And he was, he he was given the opportunity of just reworking on the thing and it's a very very kind of if one criticism can be can be throw, thrown at, uh, at the record it's very very sanitized um it, but it's not to the detriment of anything because i think it benefits from cleanliness and it, it, it and it, it benefit the ambition of the album benefits from like the straightforward instrumentation and it doesn't have like the the, the the greediness that a you know even a pet sounds have nowadays in terms of production. So it was a very clear, very clean cut, a very um impressionistic approach to the production. Very clean, very uh, maybe too clean. That that's the criticism, right? That it goes a little bit um it it gets too disneyfied maybe i don't particularly think that i think the album has some gusto i think the album has uh, a very good energy Uh, it's not an energy of a band you know in in its peak and a band of like brothers like fully you know fully um inside their craft you know that's it's it has that distance and it's it's an homage project as well that's never um, that's always attached to this album um, because it's such a it, it 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 looks to the past and and it, 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 it has the intention of paying homage homage to the to the past uh they got interrupted as i said but Very, very well-detailed production. I think it's a perfect, like, stepping. If you never listen to Brian Wilson and and the Beach Boys and even that sort of thing from that era, uh, those, like, chamber pop albums, it's interesting to see how his vision is of that... because that's the closest you can get to the f- like the fully realized and mature version of that album, Uh, with heroes and villains, and especially heroes and villains, right? It, which is the staple of the, of the which it was a song re-released by by and released by, by Beach Boys, and very famous song. It, it was a very well known hit in in the sixties, but seeing those reworks you can see how with the, all the the like the with the budget freedom and with the creative uh elbow room you know he was there was interesting as his vision uh from 2004 like almost 20 years now that since the album was released it, it aged a bit you know like obviously it it would age but it's aged in 24 um 2004 um terms not in, in terms of the 60s because the the music from the 60s age very 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 well uh, especially Pet sounds and not just say uh, you know the, the beatles catalog as well it's like immoral and eternal but it's interesting how the 2004 production and the 2004 ideas it became sort of you know it's kind of techie it's kind of corny nowadays you know you have to really like the 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 material to to enjoy kind of non ironically nowadays or to really be curious about uh, what what was his vision at that time uh, it's it's a sort of record that needs a little bit of background. Uh, to, to be understood before you jump into it because I, I don't think it stands it's too dense to be understood maybe in, in like in separate tracks or in a playlist maybe uh, it has to be fully f- fully consumed right but um, at the same time is kind of in retrospect invent- infantilized a little bit and child like someone in a in a good way it is in a in a playful way uh, it does have the going for it uh, very sunny melodies very very well well recorded and well put together symphonic everything is very symphonic about the album uh, it, it has that charisma but it's kind of the aged charisma it's like a like an an old person playing dress up of a you know, of a character that they played thirty years ago. You know? There is a fam- a very famous TV show in in Brazil. The Brazilians probably know what I'm talking about. Uh it's the Chavo Chaves. It's a Mexican TV show recorded in the seventies. All of the actors were like mid 30s early 40s even 50s 60s sometimes and some of them play children right and they are huge and they have like it's it's very poorly uh they're not kids you know but i mean the comedy comes true and and it's it's interesting to see and the chemistry of the cast is all all fun and it's such an intrinsic part of brazilian culture that you know you just forget about that sort of thing but it's kind of parallel uh, with this here with this album. Uh it's kind of like Brian Brian Wilson. Uh he's putting like his like a wig of his old hairstyle and he's old, he's probably like mid sixties or mid seventies in in here. And he's old and is trying to play like the the sunny Californian energy of the mid sixties, right? So that kind of doesn't age very very well uh in retrospect it would be more interesting to see not really i don't think so because um, the album it's 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 a perfect album in my opinion but i think it would be interesting to see what his older version would think about or maybe what his older version would put forward right As as a songwriter, or kind of like that, that that material being revisited, how that would be translated with him being an older person, because he had such an arrested development, someone because the the his artistic progression was shut down by disease and by his mental state, which truly like if if I, I never entirely watched that movie but I know uh, I know the the basics of the story. The movie with uh, Paul Dano and Joe Cusack uh, John Cusack it's love love and something. It tells that story it tells like his like the the midpoint of Smile and then after what was his mental capacity. So he's played by Paul Dano like in his mid 20s maybe early early 30s and John Cusack plays him after like the whole crash like the whole mental crash that he suffered and it would be and he, you see that he was interrupted and maybe he got kind of stuck within the era of his life because he couldn't progress because he was never fully actualized like the, the 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 smile project within the beach boys was never fully actualized so i believe he got trapped inside that mental state and his mental state was definitely you know somewhat um, it, it it took it it took some damage you know so that it, it, there was some trauma involved there for sure in his uh story uh but Loved this album to death. One of the first, like, very, very, very obsessive listens that I, that I, that I had in my life, um, around 2008, maybe 2008, 2009. So I was 17, 18 on that time. So a very formative uh, period as well. Um, one of the first albums that I really that one and Ears of Refusal from Morrissey. Which is his uh, 2009 album, which was the first thing that I've listened to, like in the Smiths universe at all. I, I wanna sneeze, sorry. And I remember listening to, I have vivid memories of just putting that album on repeat, right? And every single like twist and turn that it has, like like one track leads to, to another one for the most part. In the record, there are some big. Well, he's very famous for that as well. There has some big medleys, right, within the album, because that's an idea that the Beatles kind of made famous with the with the end of Abbey Road. So maybe that was kind of like a whole, a whole very informative, uh, very formative uh, aspect of his style of composition, having one thing leading to another. I'm not the 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 biggest like beach boys scholar in in the universe. I'm I'm pretty sure there are some very very big details that I just don't know about. But that's kind of the background. It's a very sunny record. Again, theatrical and kind of staged, but very sunny record. You can see how um like a whole movement of indie artists like Fleet Foxes, Beach House, um grizzly bear like a arcade fire even you know you can see how the beach boys the beach boys output and after afterwards even their record even though you had like enough material to be influenced by beforehand by right with the beatles and with the beach boys themselves um, but this album definitely influenced a lot of artists especially in the more electronic two-wave sort of thing which uses like harmony and uses a lot of like uh differences in 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 textures you know you can see how like if 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 you microwave whatever brian wilson uh wilson did on this record you can kind of reach that you know you can see like you can see some parallels with the the use of harmony and with the use of of very sunny instrumentation and with very very happy very high energy sort of thing um I would definitely check this one out again it's been a while i remember listening to it not so long ago on on a train station i believe i was i was coming back it might even probably some some somewhere last year that I that I revisit that album. Uh, he eventually got into the habit of just covering stuff, so he released an album covering like Disney songs, the aforementioned Disney, you know. So it was a full fledged, um, full fledged formation of what it's kind of brought in with this album here. So the Disneyfying of the witch, you know. Disney for sure, like especially the, the 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 Renaissance stuff, Beauty and the Beast onwards, right? It's very influenced by pop music from the sixties and from musicals from all sorts of walks of life, you know. And because Beach Boys and the Beatles and, you know, many other bands, but mainly those two Rolling Stones, but not not really. Uh they kind of define that sort of sort of um approach. Theatrical ap- approach to music, uh, obviously, musicals have you know they ho- they hold a candle, um, they hold they hold lots of candles to the pop from the sixties and pop from pro- from the seventies. That you know they all feed from one another. And yeah, if you if you want to have a good time, if you know you know if you want to uh, contemplate the the pep- peppier side of life. And the poppy side of your, you know, if you want to walk with a with a with a pep on your step, uh, this is a very very good album just to, you know, have a walk somewhere, a very long walk, and just you know, it's delightful. It's a great. It's a very very dear album, um, to me, and I hope that was a. Kind of un, uh, a new discovery from you, for you. If that's possible, yeah, I think that's all I can say. Let's see how long I have. Oh, 30 minutes is pretty okay for an album that I don't, you know, haven't listened to it very much uh, lately, at least, or you know, very old album on my, on my short, 30 thirty, thirty-year-old. 31 year old existence very 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 cool album very full of sunshine and flowers yeah even though it's kind of theatrical it's kind of staged somewhat right because the mu- music had become like cynical enough so that the time for this is already it's already gone you know S- but not really Keep on going, Brian Wilson. We all love you. Yeah, if you listen to this. (laughs) Goodbye.